Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day, and having done everything, to stand firm. And now, Battle Ready with Father Dan Rehill. Good day. Welcome to Battle Ready. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I believe, I adore, I hope, and I love thee. And I ask pardon for those who do not believe, do not adore, do not hope, and do not love thee. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning to all of you, and good morning to my mother. Good morning. How are you doing? Doing very well. And you? Good. This is a travel day for you. Yes, it's a, a sad day that we have to head for home. It's, it goes so fast when we're here. But it was a good time. It was good. What do you desire to discuss today? Well, we're in between uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima, which was on May 13th, and Pentecost, which is coming on June 5th. So we're right in the middle of those two. So I thought we'd take another look at those two events. Okay. So um, just a quick recap of Fatima. Blessed Mother appeared to three shepherd children, poor children, no esteem of no esteem very innocent and she asked them to pray the rosary and make sacrifices for the conversion of sinners and at her sixth appearance the miracle of sun occurred which gave credence to her uh, appearances there so why did our lady appear at fatima well she was concerned that many souls were going to hell and when you really think about it that was a much more innocent time than we're living in so we can only imagine what it's like today but at the third apparition, she showed the children hell and the misery that souls suffered there. And after that, they were very, very, um, very happy to pray for uh, sinners so that they didn't go there. So how do we get to heaven and avoid going to hell? Well, Jesus says, I am the way. John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Well, how do we know the way? Uh, again, from Scripture, John 14, 15 to 17 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So uh, that speaks of the coming feast of pentecost when the spirit of truth will come to us and he wants to dwell in us and be in us uh and we want to become a dwelling place of god so that's how how the way what's that's the way to get there is to become a dwelling place of uh the holy spirit and let him dwell in us of course we need to keep the commandments as it says in john's reading them and to ask uh, for the holy spirit and he will be given to us so the Feast of Pentecost is coming. We should be open to the Holy Spirit and ask him to come and dwell in us. Uh, Jesus mapped out the way for us by his word and by his example. And our role is to become Jesus as much as possible in ourselves. And thus we become pleasing to the Father. So to become Jesus, to be so much like Jesus that when the Father looks at us, he sees Jesus. Of course, that's a big, tall order, but we have a lifetime to work on it. Uh, any comments, Father? 
Well, I remember uh, Our Lady in Medjugorje said back in the 80s, it was a long time ago, she said, when you have the Holy Spirit, first she said, pray for the Holy Spirit. And then she said, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have everything. Yes, I remember her saying and that. I remember thinking, well, that's weird because what about Jesus and the Father? But, you know, when you have the Holy Spirit, you have the whole Trinity. They, you can't separate them. One God three persons and it's the holy spirit that actually brings forth the eucharist it's the holy spirit that is active in the sacraments it's the holy spirit that inspires people it's the holy spirit that calls back to memory uh the word it's the holy spirit that is the lord and giver of life so i i kind of understand what she's saying there it's so critical that we have the holy spirit particularly in a time when truth is being desecrated yes People don't know what truth is anymore because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Um, so <clears throat> Jesus, um, you know, he did when he was going back to the Father, he said, if I don't go, you won't receive the Holy Spirit. So it seems like to me, it almost seems like two thirds of them have to be up in heaven. <laughs> but um, it this must be the time of the Holy Spirit when Jesus was on earth for a while, but now it's time for the Holy Spirit. And the Father seems to stay in heaven, so that's the part of the Trinity that we have now. That's just how I see it. So Jesus said in uh, John 14, verse 2 and 3, In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. That's a very comforting uh, scripture that he's preparing a, a place for us in heaven. So, that, of course, that's our goal, to get there. And um, so I asked this question, how did Jesus live his life? Well, I, it really comes down to two things. First was total dependence on the Father and trust in him. And the second was total submission to the Father's will. So we could say that this needs to be our goal if we're trying to copy Jesus. Dependence on the Father and trust and submission to the Father's will. So an example of trust. Uh, last weekend, my granddaughter Mia had the honor to crown the statue of, of Our Lady in her parish. <clears throat> now the ladder that they brought out for her was very high and she had to stand on the top step, which she thought was very scary. So her father was there holding her. And she was certain that he would not let her fall. And I think that's the kind of trust we need to have in our Heavenly Father. Because in God's eyes, we're all children. So that kind of trust, that no matter what's going on, we can trust the Father. Just like Mia trusted that her father would not let her fall. And then the, the second is the example of submission to God's will. So we visited friends of ours in Nashville while we were here visiting uh, Father Dan, and the husband has a terminal illness. Uh, we went to visit, and really they were both very much at peace, accepting of God's will, and I would say almost even joyful. Now, at home, we have other friends we know who don't practice their faith, and one has a debilitating illness. They are very stressed. They were without hope. They have isolated themselves. They don't want to see anybody, and they don't have God to lean on. Now, the contrast between these two was very stark. We also have many new widows in our circle of friends at home. And those with faith 
they do have a very deep sadness, but their faith is sustaining them. And one of them said, I know where my husband is. Again, those without faith are without hope and without God to lean on. So uh, it's, a, it's just an example of, uh, to give you a, a, an example from my life about submission to God's will. Um, I've spoken about it before when I was a teenager. Um, my parents divorced and my world fell apart. And it is only in looking back now that I can see that God brought a greater good out of it. So as an adult, my family was and is very important to me. And I live in a time when the family is under attack. But my experience of a broken family when I was young formed my resolve to do everything I can for family unity. And I can see now that God allowed that to happen to me to uh, bring me to the point at this stage in my life where the world is going through an attack on the family that family is is very very important and so I can say that we can trust God even when things seem difficult and submit to his will for us in the present moment because he can bring good out of anything that's going on so there uh, if we're still alive we're chosen at this time to fight in the battle that's going on right now there's work to be done, praying and making sacrifices for the conversion of sinners. And so um, those little three Fatima children, they're in a, a wonderful example for us, uh, how, how they worked for the conversion of sinners with their little lives. And we have that opportunity every day. So whether it's sickness, whether it's the times we're living in, any kind of problems, uh, it, that's part of the battle. And it's God's will that we're here right now, so we can use it uh, and make the best of it, uh, just as those three Fatima children did. Any comments there? Well, I think if you if you go back and read through the New Testament with the intention of looking for the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. you'll start to see uh, the Holy Spirit all over the place. But the problem is we don't. We don't often look, you know, we're just reading words and we're kind of assimilating what the, the gospel and the uh, epistles are telling us. But if you look for the Holy Spirit, you're going to see the Holy Spirit all over the, the, the New Testament. So if you, if you remember, right from the beginning, Jesus is conceived by the Holy Spirit in Mary. And then he's anointed to fulfill his earthly ministry. And then he's empowered by the spirit in the garden to offer his life as sacrifice and then by the power of the spirit he's raised and re uh, in the resurrection mm -hmm. and then after he ascends to the father and he promised to send the holy spirit at pentecost the spirit comes and then he dwells in the believers and empowers them for a life of service we're seeing that right now in the acts of the apostles if you're going to church during these weekday masses uh, paul and barnabas and all, all these apostles are empowered and then what else does the Spirit do? It glorifies Christ and it bears witness to him. It also convicts the world concerning sin. So it, the Spirit will also convict you if you still have an operating conscience. And then he inspired the record of the new covenant. So the evangelists were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write down everything that God wanted us to know. And then he makes it effective in people's hearts uh, through the gift of this um, regeneration of 
the, the word going forth from one generation to the next. He also illuminates God's word to uh, the people of God and assures them of God's love. He comforts us with his presence. He intercedes on their behalf. He sanctifies us uh, through the sacraments. And the spirit is the bond of our union with Christ. And it's the seal of our salvation. So if you th think of all those things and since go back and read through the New Testament, you're going to see the spirit everywhere. Yes, I see that. So I guess I guess my two third theory didn't didn't hold too much water there. Well, there always one. <laughs> yes. Well, I can I can see that. Yes, when you point it out like that, there was a lot of the Holy Spirit all through. Oh yeah. So we, all of us, are temples of the Holy Spirit, and He dwells in us. If we're, I guess if we're in a state of grace, and uh, the scripture from Corinthians, the first book. Chapter 3, verse 16 says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? So there it is. I am, this is from John 15, 1 to 2. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch of mine that bears no fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So we can take from that that we will be pruned. Uh, every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So why would he prune us? To make our fruit more plentiful. Uh, so we can say that problems will arise. Uh, and it's part of the pruning process. But we don't have to face them alone. John 14 verse 1 says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. So, um, Our Lady had something to say about this in a message from 2009 from Medjugorje, August 2nd, 2009. Dear children, I am coming with my motherly love to point out the way by which you are to set out in order that you may be all the more like my son. So there she has it. She wants us to be like her son, to set out on the way that will make us more like my son and by that closer to and more pleasing to God do not refuse my love do not renounce salvation and eternal life for the sake of transience and frivolity in this life I am among you to lead you and as a mother to caution you come with me so I just want to point out some of those things again she's uh, leading us on the way to set out to be like her son in order to be more pleasing to God the Father. She's concerned that we're uh, renouncing salvation and eternal life, renouncing meaning not getting there, for the sake of frivolity in this life. I'm among you to lead you, and as a mother, to caution you. So she sees danger ahead for us. Caution you, come with me, she says, come with me. So she's pointing out the way, she's pointing out the road we should take. And we should be very grateful that she's there to do that for us because of the times we're in. So we our, our goal is said in Ephesians 2, verse 22. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place of God in the spirit. We're being built together 
into that dwelling place of God in the spirit. So how are we going to do that? Well, we're going to follow Jesus. We're going to read scripture and, and see how Jesus lived his life. We're going to follow him as closely as his mother did, as closely as the apostles did, and as closely as the crowds did. So uh, his mother was spent a lot of time with him, and she knew all about him. The apostles spent a lot of time with him. And the crowds were always interested to be where he was. So if we want to bring other people to the Lord, I think we first have to go to the Gospels and contemplate Jesus's life and his word to observe his reactions, his behavior, and to try to be more like him in our words and actions. So we, um, we have to be careful to stay on the way, on the path that's leading to him and to strive to become a dwelling place for God. Uh, and so that's the goal to become the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And we have a little time left before June 5th, so we could be preparing at this point. How do you think we could prepare, Father Dan? Well, you know, you have to you have to invite the Holy Spirit in, just like everything we do with God. God is a gentleman, and he does not force himself on us or in our lives. He wants to be invited, much different than the enemy. So invite the Holy Spirit in, and then first thing, reveal to me those areas of my life you want to change. First, so that's the first thing you say. You might not know. You might not know that there are things in you that God wants to change, but if you ask him to reveal them to you, he will. And then he'll and then you have to ask for help to to overcome the obstacles that you're you're struggling with. Jesus, this Sunday, he says, I love one another as I have loved you. He's talking about mounting the cross and dying so that we could have life. We can't do that without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible because we are broken, fallen creatures who are dealing with original sin and its after effects, concupiscence. There is no way we can love sacrificially if we don't have the Holy Spirit. So we have to keep inviting the Holy Spirit in and then ask the Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to protect you and to inspire you. And those four things will keep opening up your eyes to what the will of God is. And that's how you get closer to him. That's how you become a saint. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so the Holy Spirit, it's, he's, the, he's the one of the Trinity that I think is the hardest to really wrap our heads around. We can picture what a father looks like. We know what Jesus looked like. But the spirit is some, somewhat harder to grasp, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's Everybody who comes for direction, uh, I would say 99% say they, they have difficulty trying to have a relationship with the spirit because they don't they can't imagine who this is but it is a person meaning it it, it, it he operates um just as the father and jesus do as his own um uh, we're going to get into tricky theology here he is a his own person so you can go to him directly uh and ask to to know him better that's the easiest way to do it just say i want to know you better teach me about who you are. You know, it's funny because Jesus himself used analogies about, you know, the wind blows where it will. Uh, we can't see the wind, but we can see the trees moving and we know the wind is there. 
It's the same with the Spirit. You, you more, you're more apt to see the imprint of the Holy Spirit uh, than the Spirit himself. Um, I was at adoration one time many years ago, and um, I was looking up at the altar, and there was a, a cloud of smoke. Looked like incense had been there, and maybe it had before I came in. I'm not sure. I didn't see any incense being used, but there was this this cloud of whatever. In, it looked like incense, and I watched it, and it started to move, and it moved slowly, 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 and I just kept watching it, and it started to go around the side of the church. So I watched it, and then it went behind me, and I had to actually turn around to see if it was still there and it was actually slowly slowly moving all the way around then it came up the other side and it came all the way back to the front so it had circled the church but it took like 15 minutes took a while and uh after i left i bumped into somebody that i knew and stopped to say hello to them and i mentioned this what i had seen and i said did you did you happen to see that and she said no i didn't but i was journaling with the lord and he was talking to me about being an encircling wall of flame around me and she said what you're saying is that you saw what i was receiving in words so i think that's kind of like a whole spirit experience yeah yeah you know so yeah and it's we very can, funny can, because go ahead we can sense his presence. Uh, you know, we can sense his presence when we have an experience of him. Yeah, when Paul speaks of the gifts of the Spirit, they're all these different gifts, but they're all given to different people. And it's it's really when everybody's working in tandem mm -hmm. that they're most effectively used. Just like in your situation, somebody got the word and then somebody got the, the image. Mm -hmm. Or, yeah. the, or the vision, and then together they make more sense. Yeah, and it conf we confirmed each other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, if you ha if you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit, ask for it this Pentecost. Uh, life can be very exciting when the Holy Spirit m makes Himself known in so many ways, and we need Him now more than ever. Yeah, now more than ever is right. Yes. <laughs> so we can only do our part. So we have to just keep petitioning and uh, interceding and asking God how to pray and for who to pray and how to pray and uh, where, you know, God wants to lead each of us. It always so, begins with us. Talking about the two things, the uh, Our Lady of Fatima and Pentecost, um, once we have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can lead us and guide us in how to pray for the people in our lives that we're praying for. You know, when we go to uh, pray and we do it our way, yes, it's it's beneficial, but it's so much more beneficial if the Holy Spirit tells us how to pray for that person, uh, in what way to pray for that person, what they need the most at that moment. And then the prayer is very efficacious. So, again for the conversion of sinners you need the holy spirit and it's really the holy spirit that's going to convert them and not your words it, it may be your words that the holy spirit has told you to speak to them that will touch them but on our own we we can't do that much when the holy spirit guides us we can do much yeah absolutely but you know sometimes all our part is to just plant the seeds and that's mm -hmm. it 
and the next person comes along and they get to sow mm. yeah. and reap. Yeah. But we, again, if we're not inspired by the Holy Spirit, we don't even know where to plant the seeds. That's true. Okay, well, thanks for being on today again, and uh, thank you all for listening. Have a blessed day, and may the blessing of Almighty God come down upon you and remain with you forever, and I bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This is Father Dan, signing out. 